Awesome. Well, uh, as you guys have heard, this month we've had a special series. We've been going through the names of Jesus represented in Isaiah chapter 9. And so uh, we've been doing a team teaching series. And I think it's important for us as the body of Christ to have different voices speaking into our lives and hearing from different people. Because God's given different people different gifts and, and messages that he's put in their hearts. And I think there's some amazing leaders and godly men and women in our church that we can hear from. And so uh, how many of you guys enjoyed last week? Uh, Katie did an awesome job bringing the word. Last week it was great. Um, and John kicked us off. That was wonderful. And so um, so hearing John preach on Wonderful Counselor last week, Katie taught on Mighty God, and we're continuing down in the story and talking about Everlasting Father today. But uh, I just wanted to take a moment and introduce the person who's speaking to us today and, and take a moment to pray over him. You guys know him. He's been faithful here serving our youth. He is our youth leader and pastor here. Uh, can we give it up for Pastor Tyler here? <laughs> so, I love this guy. Uh, I just wanted to say um, he inspires me all the time because of his joy for Jesus and his passion for hearing God's voice and speaking into people's lives uh, and his, his heart to reach lost people. Um, it's incredible. And so, love this man. I can't wait to hear from him. But would you guys just reach out your hands? I just want to pray over him before he gives us the word today. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for Tyler. Lord, I pray, God, that you speak through him today. God, give him supernatural peace. Lord, God, I pray that you fill his heart with your spirit, fill his heart with your truth and word. Lord, I thank you, God, that you will guide us as a body into all truth. Lord, God, as he leads us today into your word, Father. Lord, I pray that you will anoint every word that comes from his mouth, God. And I pray that we will receive collectively together as a family straight from you this morning. Lord God, we love you and we bless you. Bless our brother in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This thing's on? We're good? All right. Well, welcome. I am honored and completely blessed by the Lord to be able to share some words with you. So I don't know if you guys are like me. When the holidays come around, you get stuck in the hustle and the bustle of it and you forget about Advent. And what it means. The meaning of arrival of our Savior. The arrival of our Father. The holidays can be hard. Losing family members. Having hardships at home. And talking about a father can be a very difficult thing to talk about. There's a quote from the shack um, that I looked up recently that I really wanted to share with you guys. It says this. Let me say for now... That when we knew once the creation was broken, true fathering would be much more lacking than mothering. Don't misunderstand me. Both are needed. But an emphasis on fathering is necessary because of the enormity of the absence. Can you guys do something with me? Can you just close your eyes and think about the type of father that you had? We're going to take a minute. Although sometimes our picture of a father can be skewed through the lens of what we see in our earthly fathers, the Bible shows us a picture, a picture of our heavenly father, the type of father that we receive. In Ephesians 1, 4 and 5, it says this, 
For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through him in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Our Father cares about us. Our Father protects us in ways that we don't even understand. My first point today is that our Father protects. As I think about protection, as I think about being a father myself, I'm reminded of a story that I actually shared with the youth a few weeks back. Picture this. You're sitting on your porch. you got family and friends over and kids playing, and there's a toddler in the yard, and they're playing with a ball. And that ball rolls out into the street. Who in this room is not going to run and snatch up that toddler before they get in the street? And they don't understand. They don't understand that there was a car coming. And I know most of you know this, but for those of you who don't, ripping a toddler away from something that they love isn't easy, right? There's kicking, there's screaming, there's crying. They're so mad about it. That's the Lord. Sometimes that ball could be gratification. It could be an unhealthy relationship, achievements, pride, possession. And we don't understand the danger that's coming. So God comes in and he scoops us up. In Isaiah 54, 17, it says this. It says, no weapon formed against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. No weapon formed against you. Not the car coming down the street. Not the pain, the hardships, the trials and tribulation. Not the years of struggle that I've been having financially. Or the years of struggle that I've been having with this relationship in my life. No weapon formed against you will prevail because you have a father that scoops you up in the midst of that hardship. My second point is that our father cares about us. We as humans are constantly met with a lie from the enemy that I can't be loved. That I'm not worth it. Why would he stay when my own dad didn't? Why would he stay when everyone else in my life leaves? I can't be loved because I mess up. Our Father cares about us so much more than we can ever imagine. There's a story I heard once about a man who's sitting in his office and a 9.5 on the Richter scale earthquake comes through. Huge earthquake. This man finds his way out of the the office and begins to speed down the highway, driving to his son's school. And he gets there, and the top of the school had fallen down on, on top of itself. This father jumps out of the car, runs to the rubble, begins to dig through the rubble, It's not moving, so he punches the ground, and he punches, and he punches, and he's tearing these rocks off, and his knuckles are bleeding, and his fingertips are bleeding, and his hands are numb. 
first responders come and they pull him off the rubble. And he hears, Daddy, I'm down here. He runs back to the rubble. Hands bleeding. I'm getting that stone. I'm getting that stone. And he's ripping it off. And he reaches down and grabs onto his son. And he pulls him out. And he embraces him. I'm here and I love you. There's a story in Luke that reminds me a little bit of this, of this story. It's Luke 13, verse 10 through 17. It says this. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are free from your infirmary. infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days to work. Come on one of those days and be healed. Not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Don't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey and lead it to give it water? Then shall not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all the opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with the wonderful things that he was doing. They didn't see her. They didn't see the daughter of Abraham. They were focused on the rules. Jesus didn't see the rules. Like the man, when the first responders pulled him off, he didn't care about the rules. He cared about his son. Jesus cared about his daughter. The rules were nothing to him. Hear me when I say this. Your father cares deeply, deeply for you. How many of you guys have ever heard the song Reckless Love by Corey Asbury? I'm not going to sing it, don't worry. <laughs> wow, Dad, thanks. <laughs> That's my dad, everybody. I am talking about Everlasting Fathers, so. <laughs> reckless love. I think about that word reckless, and I try and understand what, what Corey Asbury meant by it, but he, he has this quote, and it completely blew my mind. It says this. He's utterly unconcerned with the consequences of his actions with regard to his own safety, comfort, and well-being. His love isn't crafty. It's not slick. It's not cunning or shrewd. In fact, all things considered, it's quite childlike. And might I even suggest somewhat downright ridiculous. Love doesn't consider himself selfish or self-serving. He doesn't gain or lose by putting himself on the line. He simply put himself there on the off chance 
that you and I might look back at them and give them that love in return. That's the reckless love of our Father. There are so many pictures of fathers in this world. Good fathers. Fathers that abandon. Fathers of a nation. Fathers of a church. Father Christmas. But our Father loves with ridiculous love. With reckless love. Matthew 18, 12 through 14 says, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Would he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than the one, or than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these shall perish. It's not my heavenly Father's will that one of these shall perish. Whether our earthly father has painted this picture or not, our heavenly father does. There's another well-known scripture that all of us know, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Right? We know this. God came as a baby. He came to walk with us. To experience what we experience, to love us enough to endure suffocation and the worst pain imaginable for a sinful child, for children who didn't deserve it. And when I think about the sacrifice that is Jesus, I think about God. He lost a child. He gave up a child. He had to feel that. A part of himself, gone. I can't imagine losing either of my kids, let alone giving them up for somebody else. And yet, our Heavenly Father sees us and says, it's worth it. I'm going to step out in faith and share a story about myself and about my father, knowing full well that he's in the room. My dad's a counselor. He's been a counselor my whole life. He's seen horrendous things, heard about completely horrible things, and yet comes home and loves on his kids hard. But as, as I was growing up, there was this idea, there was this, this stigma about a father who, who's a counselor that I can't mess up. I can't fail because if I fail, he couldn't fix me. How come this guy who fixes people can't fix his own son? So anytime I failed, I felt like I was gone. I was done pushed it away 
And in turn, growing up, it caused a lot of issues. And when turmoil came, when hardships came, when I experienced the hardest pain in my life, I ran. I ran from people. I ran from God. Because how could my dad be proud of me? I don't want to disappoint my heavenly father. So I ran. And family at my lowest, I screamed out for the father. And he knelt with me. And he gave me that reckless love. He reminded me of the man digging through the rubble. He pulled me up and he said, I got you, I'm here. He reminded me that that love, that that protection, it doesn't go anywhere. And though we experience loss, though our fathers pass away, though our fathers leave, that love, that protection, that man that sat with me in my lowest, that is our Heavenly Father. And that is everlasting. Whatever your infirmity, whatever your issue, it may not have been taken care of by your earthly father. It, it may have been. But the fact of the matter is that there is something that the Heavenly Father can give we just can't. My last point is this. Our Father is everlasting. Psalms 139, 7 through 18 says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake, 
you are still there. This is why we can rejoice in this season. This is why we wait patiently for our Father. Even in the depths, He's there. In the darkness, He's there. When I'm on the wings of eagles, He's there. close with this I want to spend some time reflecting on our Heavenly Father I'm going to read an excerpt from the Jesus Storybook Bible and I want all of us to get in a place of reflection eyes closed, you can stand up you can kneel down but as I read this I want you to focus on your Heavenly Father Maybe there was things that your earthly father couldn't do for you. Maybe there were things that that you struggled with. A dad who left. A parent who died. Not feeling good enough for the father of the universe. Take some time in this reflection. God wants us to be happy. All day, they listened to stories about the wonderful things that God had done for his people. How he made the world. How he gave a special promise to Abraham. How he rescued them from slavery. How he spoke to Moses and showed them how to live. How he brought them to a special land. How he rescued them no matter what, time after time, over and over again. Because of his never stopping Never give up, unbreaking, always and forever love. They remembered how God had always, all through the years, been loving his children, keeping his promise to Abraham, taking care of them, forgiving them. Even when they disobeyed, even when they ran away from him, even when they thought they didn't need him. Then God told this to his children. He said something more. I can't stop loving you. You are my heart's treasure, but I lost you. Now I'm coming back for you. I am like the sun that gently shines on you, chasing away darkness and fear and death. You'll be so happy. You'll be like little calves running free in the open field. I'm going to send a messenger, the promised one, the one you've been waiting for, your rescuer. He's coming, so get ready. Creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, oh, praise Him, hallelujah, oh, burning sun with gold. 
praise. Praise the Father, praise the Son. Lord, we ask that the the picture that we have in our mind of what a father is to look like, Lord, I pray that you will come. You will replace that picture with a picture of your reckless love. God, with the picture of a father who protects, a father who cares, a father who doesn't leave. Though on this earth we pass away, you never pass away. Though on this earth we may feel abandoned, we are not abandoned by our Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray for the moments, the moments of darkness, the moments of being trapped in the rubble, the moments where we're about to run out in traffic. pray that we will reach our hand out to the one that cares to the one that's got us to the one who sees the danger whatever lies we we believe about ourselves about whether we're to be loved by you or whether we disappoint you The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Lord, but you, you bring life and life abundantly. Father, meet us here today. Meet us on our knees. Meet us in the places that we need our Father, that we need our Dad. I pray that in this season of Advent, not only do we await the arrival, but we celebrate the fact that we have a Father. That we can celebrate that we have one who suffocated, who died, not for himself, but for us to show his child that I love you. That I am here for you. And to the one in the room, God, that feels less than, that feels abandoned, that feels unloved, God, will you come and will you touch their heart like you touched mine? thank you we praise you we receive from you the love of this father pray this in your name amen